Hello, and welcome to a sort of a lightly roasted games uh, podcast here. It's, uh, we're going to do, this is Bill Bryce, we're going to do a um, kind of a short form. Uh, we're going to aim for about 20 or 30 minutes here to uh, kind of bring you something, like a, basically like a bonus episode here between... Uh, the two weeks of us doing regularly scheduled full podcasts. Uh, Kaz is on vacation for a little while, and so he can only really commit to every two weeks. So I am here with uh, my son, Joey. Hi, how are you? And uh, we're basically going to, um, every other week, we're going to pick a game or two and kind of go a little more in-depth, something we've played together, and sort of give you a breakdown and uh, really delve into personal opinions and kind of give you an idea of if a uh, game's right for you. Um, there Again, there will be no Kaz, so uh, if you... If I'm your least favorite of the two of us, then this probably isn't the podcast for you. Um, if I'm your favorite, then uh, you're really only going to want to listen every two weeks or so because, um, cause, yeah, that's uh, that's what this is about. Um, so today uh, we're going to talk about a game that we actually both played for the first time yesterday, uh, two players, and um, I will... Reserve some judgment on this. It was the first time we'd we'd ever played, and it was uh, Abomination, Heir of Frankenstein. And it's by Plaid Hat Games. Uh, came out, I believe, a couple years ago. Um, hasn't gotten a ton of attention, a ton of fanfare, really. Um, but uh, I don't even think the Dice Tower has like a full review on it. I think they did do a playthrough. Um, on it a while back, but um, so basically, I kind of feel like this is sort of an under under the radar game, uh, which I've been trying to get to the table for a while. Um, it's probably a little. It's probably not something uh, that Kirsten would be interested in, so uh, it has not readily made itself available, and it's probably a good thing for some reasons we'll get into in a little bit. But uh, first, maybe kind of a broad overview of uh, of the game. You are, uh, it's about 20 years, I think, after uh, Victor von Frankenstein brought his monster to life, and you are competing to try and basically duplicate his work. You're trying to build uh, monsters, uh, actually people, uh, from people parts and even some animal parts. So, you actually have, uh, you are going around, it's a worker placement game, and you're going around to the hospital, to um, the morgue, to the cemetery. Um, you're bribing people. You even have a chance to go to a back alley and just flat out murder somebody um, in order to get these parts that uh, you are going to be using to buy arms and legs and a head and a chest and convert them from just a muscle guy to a skin guy. And then you're going to bring that skin guy to life, one piece at a time. So um, the the art and theme on this are... Is dark. Real, real dark. It's, it's really dark. Uh, real dark and real graphic. Uh, if you're not really into that sort of thing, um, this may not be your deal. 
Uh, I would not play this with children. Uh, but if you're comfortable with just sort of getting into this really macabre, dark, fantasy type of world... Um, and it is a lot more of a story game, or at least more story-based than like other games that you might see, especially like a lot more of the worker placement games. It's it's pretty story-driven. A lot of um, card event cards that you would draw are... Um, based on a story and like it makes you go to the rule book and there's a bunch of, of story elements into it so there's also a lot of that for uh for people who like story based or story driven games and things like that so i think if you're into that sort of thing this is also right up your alley yes uh this is very have dripping with theme um it is exceptionally thematic um it is probably as thematic a game as i have ever played um it gets theme right up there with the way that um, like Cthulhu and Arkham games get theme. It is just in every element of it. Uh, now, you do have, just like any game, uh, there is always the ability to break that theme and just uh, delve into the mechanisms of it. Uh, and so you can play it in a very non-thematic way but the problem with that is um there are certain time or there are certain um, event cards where when you draw it and it tells you to go read a certain story uh element in the rule book uh those have effects uh on the game like there are certain ones that uh, will affect your gameplay so it almost kind of forces you to delve into the theme and and sort of and make makes you want to get into the story and read it further to an extent i could see where you could say okay read this passage and you just skip to basically the choose your own adventure part which is uh do you say yes or no and you don't really have to know the the, the question to say yes or no because either way something's going to happen um and so so i think that that there is certainly while it it pushes you to engage with the story and it pushes you very much to involve yourself with the theme um, and get into it that way. I think it is possible, um, it's possible to separate yourself from it. Um, so basic kind of a gameplay overview. Like I said, it is um, it is worker placement. So uh, it does a little bit different than, than some worker placement games. You, you place a guy and you do the action and leave the meeple on that spot. Uh, the next person places a guy somewhere and uh, leaves the meeple there, performs the action. Um, there is the chance uh, to, to bump. bump somebody where you uh, basically remove them from that spot and put them on the bump track and you pay them a dollar. But since they've already gone and they've already taken that action, uh, it's not like a bad, like nobody cares if they get bumped. It's just a way to get money. Um, there's like, oh, yay, bummer, you bumped me. Who cares? I've already done the thing. So uh, so, so in that way, you can't, there's very little ways, very few ways for you to really like stick it to somebody or really mess up somebody's plan. And it is much more of a uh, kind of a, a multiplayer solitaire type of game. There's not a lot of, of interaction between players except somebody going someplace where you wanted to go. Um, but uh, but then you, you after that, you go to the lab phase where you have this really elaborate lab board. And um, 
the uh, the components in this game are absolutely phenomenal. Um, each of these lab boards have uh, have these dials um, for like expertise and humanity and um, and reputation, and uh, they're kind of like old timey looking like uh, like steampunk kind of dials. They're really neat, uh, very thematic, very flavorful, and uh, in your lab you store things like organs and bone and blood and uh, muscle and all these things also known as as different colored cubes but They're just materials right but it's it's materials that you store and I think of them as resources from most games and you turn those in to buy uh, to create body parts uh, and there's a head a chest um, or torso I should say uh, two legs and two arms and they start off when you first create them they start off as um, muscle all muscle and then you flip them over in their skin and then after that you have to go through this elaborate thing where you use these charged laden jars and you roll these ridiculous dice um, and you bring those parts to life uh, which leads to some really weird stuff like um, like Joey yesterday had like uh, a the head. worst luck. He had a head and two arms and two legs, and like one of the arms was alive, but there was no torso, <laughs> so it wasn't like connected to anything. It was just an alive arm. So like the arm, I don't really <laughs> like. I guess gameplay, like thematic wise, there are there are a few things that that break um, with that, but I guess suspension of disbelief is, is what it is. Now, one of the things that I, I, I really liked about the game was, um, the, well, not only did the parts look really cool and really well done, um, but also it, uh, it, the, the whole thing with building the parts it's basically you. Uh, the The game itself stops you from hoarding materials because your materials go through stages of decomposition, which makes it or which means so like like every time they increase in decomposition, it basically lowers their effectiveness in um, in your body part you're building. So you're gonna try and want to get them as fresh as you uh, to build with them as fresh as possible or else you're not getting as many points for it and i think that's really nice because then you're not getting a bunch of people hoarding all the materials that that is true and that is very thematic as well in that every turn you kind of your your materials all go on this degradation track and uh, based on what materials you use and what stage of decomposition they're in, uh, that's what scores you more victory points if they're fresher materials. So you can you can produce, uh, say, a leg with um, level four decomposition, which is practically dust. Yeah. Um, and it's it's literally the last stage of decomposition. But you'll get like two victory points as opposed to like 12 victory points or something when you uh when you build it with fresh like level one or two materials and um, uh, the only thing that doesn't decompose are the bone materials because the bones are on their own separate little area because they're bones they don't really decompose <laughs> yes so bones don't decompose at all and blood once it decomposes past two uh, you discard it, so it never gets to three or four. So your blood really has to be fresh, and the blood is what you use really to to go from um, the muscle side to the skin side. But thankfully, um, on your player sheet, there are a few like minor actions you can take 
um, with the same meeples if you don't want a place in the city. Uh, you're in the city of Paris. I don't know if we mentioned that. But uh, you can instead, instead of playing on the Paris board, you can place on your own personal board. And those, uh, those actions are less effective but uh, can help you in the long run. And one of them is you can give your blood to, um, to uh, the creation of these materials. So you just put your own, uh, you p just put three blood cubes in the, the first decomposition stage. So there's an easy way to get blood. So it like, you're never going to be super low on blood and never have it or anything. Right. And uh, a lot of the basic gameplay revolves around acquiring corpses and sort of harvesting them for different things. And so there's a few different places you can get these things. You get it from the hospital, uh, which tends to give you pretty fresh, like level one, two mm. type of guys. There are people that have recently passed away in the hospital, so it's pretty fresh stuff. Um, but it's not always guaranteed to be a lot of resources. Correct. It might be only one or two of each resource or something but at a stage fresh. one, but it's very fresh. Um, you can also go to the morgue, which is uh, basically add some extra time to that person that died at the hospital. And the morgue uh, will typically get you, could get you level two, but more likely like a level three uh, type of stuff. So, so somewhat decomposed, not ideal, but in an emergency, uh, if you're desperate and the other spots are taken up, it's it's certainly worth getting. And the last thing, the cemetery, which is mostly for bone collection. A lot of the cemetery cards give a surplus amount of bones because, you know, they're dug up corpses and they're decomposed already but uh if they do give materials a lot of the time they're between three and four but a lot of the times it's four and you mostly want these for either the bones or if everything else is really taken and they suck or like um or um if you don't want to pay a coin because you have to pay a coin to play in the morgue so if you don't have a coin or don't want to pay one you can just use a cemetery for some pretty bad materials but they're materials nonetheless on a side note, listening to my 17-year-old talk about the pros and cons of where to harvest body parts and, <laughs> and bones um, really makes me, me feel like I did something right, guys. You know what I mean? Like, oh, really yeah. did something right here. Uh, great job. Um, but anyway, it's uh, it, super thematic, as you can tell. There, there is another way. Uh, you can actually go to the, the dark alley or back alley or whatever. Murder someone. And just straight up murder somebody. You get a whole ton of uh, level one stuff. And uh, the the unfortunate part is it, it attracts the attention of the police. And so you get a little, like, police thing on your board. And uh, if you get two of them, you can't place there anymore. So, uh, and you lose a bunch of humanity, which is one of oh, your, yeah. your key stats. That's what I was is focusing on a lot of the time is getting a bunch of humanity. I was the most humane person on the planet until I lost a bunch because I had to have materials from the dark alley. <laughs> yeah. I sort of like was between zero and like negative one or two humanity the whole game so my guy was mostly mostly psychopathic but um but it's uh it's it's very interesting because a lot of the stuff that you do the people that you hire you hire unsavory guys and it might cost you a humanity so there's this still this and this element that goes through a, a theme that says hey as you do this this terrible shit uh, you're actually becoming a terrible person, and that can have an impact on your gameplay. Yeah, and it, it also uh, 
you can also lose uh, a humanity if you uh, like. There's certain cards in the cemetery that uh, that make you lose humanity if you want the resources. Uh, like so, you would have to pay a humanity for it, which I also think is very thematic because like you know you're digging up a corpse and it's like well I don't want to but it's necessary for me to get my goal completed you know it's like I I, I think they really really did a good job trying to drive the the story and the theme in this game and, and I think they uh, they really hit the nail in the coffin that supposed <laughs> to be a pun <laughs> <laughs> got it um so uh Basically, uh, okay, so in-game in is uh, when somebody gets all their body parts uh, alive. Um, then the game ends and you total up points. Or uh, if nobody gets their stuff done after 12 rounds, the police captain or whatever comes to town and just shuts everybody down. And the, the game ends at that point and everybody still tallies up their points. Uh, yeah, the exact same way. Their points. But... Um, I guess now that we've we've really kind of established like what the game's about, uh, what were your what were your thoughts, uh, top to bottom? Give me some give me some personal opinions. Hmm. Well, I really I I I I did like the whole uh, like like we've been talking about this whole time. I thought the theme was really really spot on. I thought they did a good job driving the story because. I was personally, I was trying to read uh, the story whenever an event card was drawn. He, uh, my dad didn't really care about it at all, but I was sort of reading it as we were going along. Um, and I thought it was pretty interesting. You know, we only got through just a handful of excerpts from the, from what the story actually is, but I think it's super cool. I mean, the police are trying to catch, you know, murderers who are trying to step in as an, an apprentice for Frankenstein. I think that's uh, that's super, super uh, cool and everything. Um, I, from a gameplay perspective, I thought uh, there, were, there, there came a point in time where it seemed like you couldn't do very much. Um, like, basically, whenever, or, well, when I finished all my body parts but they weren't all alive I, I felt very limited because a lot of the the spots and areas that you can put your people on are um, are mostly to collect materials and if you don't need any more materials anymore like it just it, it becomes okay well I guess I'll just go to Saint Rock to increase my humanity as much as possible so I can get and so I can you know get extra victory points because uh, going up on the humanity track also increased your reputation which also got you more victory points uh, I focused mostly on those two tracks uh, my dad tried to get ma or he did get max expertise so he was just the most like perfect person in the world for making monsters and whatnot um, but like once I finished all my parts because I finished before him, I I I felt like I couldn't do a lot. You know, I I just increased my humanity and just kept you know rolling sh uh, shock dice to try and make my monster parts come alive, and I had the worst luck imaginable. I don't think I could have had worse rolls if I'm being honest. Um, so I felt like you know oh bad roll after bad roll. I guess uh, I'm stuck not doing something for the rest of the turn like it just got to that point but i still thought that the like, like the entire game up until that like 
last bit of Endgame was was super super well thought out, and I thought it was a lot of fun. Okay, um, well, I I concur. It was uh, a lot of fun. I I enjoyed it a lot. I thought the um, the theme was uh, was really cool. I I did not just completely ignore the theme. Uh, <laughs> I actually did enjoy it, but I did not feel the need to read every little sidebar conversation or what have you. I kind of wanted to get more into the the meat of it. Um, I have a couple of complaints. Um, I don't know how big they are, but uh, the one the Joey just touched on, which was the randomness of the shock dice. So one of the um, sort of elements here is once you're complete with the skin side of your each of your body parts, you go through this process where you charge up these laden jars. And then you use them to roll shock dice. Use the shock dice to try and bring your body parts alive. Now, the gray dice, which are the normal ones that you roll, only have their six-sided die and only one face on them is uh, an alive token. Uh, Of course, you only need one per body part. Now, all the rest of them are either blanks or one or two lightning bolts. And each lightning bolt is a damage. And when you roll lightning bolts, you have to put those damage tokens on body parts. There's only five body parts. When any one body part gets two, they degrade. There's only six body parts. Sorry. Um, When once one body part gets... uh, two damage tokens they degrade so if the skin side it flips over to um to a a muscle side and if it's muscle side you just lose it completely out of the game um and if it's alive then it loses its life token so the problem is is that you start rolling all these dice and you're rolling insane amounts of damage but not really rolling these alive tokens so it's just this kind of crapshoot if you just kind of have to go and then you have to repair the damage on the next turn and it's just it feels like a chore it doesn't feel like you're you know uh, bringing a monster to life in that piece Uh, building the body parts and collecting the stuff from the the you know the graves and whatever and the hospital and all that stuff is is fun and thematic and I really enjoyed that and I felt like I was creating this monster in the lab but but to be honest, like rolling these shock dice as random as it was uh, and being such a pain in the ass, I I really did not care for that. I feel like there should have been a better way to do that, um, which also added to my second complaint, which is probably my biggest complaint. Uh, it is very long. Yeah, this is one of the longest games I think I've I've played in in a in a pretty long time. It took us what four and a half hours. It took four and a half hours for a two player game. The box says ninety to one hundred and twenty minutes. Um, one thing I have read uh, everywhere, and if you go to BGG and read any reviews, it'll tell you this game is too long for what it is, and it's longer than the box says. Um, towards the end, I was kind of wanting this game to be over. Um, <laughs> Honestly, three hours in, I was still as gung-ho as the first minute I started. After three hours is when I kind of, it started to drag a little bit. I feel like if you eliminate that that random dice element and maybe reduce the number of rounds before the captain gets there, uh, little tweaks like that, I think you could get it under three hours, and which would be a really, really great fulfilling game. Now, if we 
were to have four players and we really like read everything aloud and got into the story and everything, this could be a six hour game. Uh, oh, for sure. Easily. Uh, if it's the first time anyone's learning it, it could be a seven or eight hour game. Definitely. Uh, especially if you really read everything and make the decisions and do all the stuff you're really supposed to. I don't know where they got two hours from. Yeah, like me and me and me and him were talking about it. We were like, like I was like, man, how in the world did they get ninety minutes on the box? Like, and then we were thinking like. Well, if it was just a bunch of the creators playing the game, like obviously if since they know the ins and outs of this game, they're going to know all the strategies to to be able to get to progress through this game rather quickly, but for the average player and especially new players of this game, it's just like there's no way it's going to happen. It's easily four and a half hour, five hour game and it, that's just for two players. Yeah, I feel like it now that we've played it, I feel like the two of us could blaze through it in three, maybe three and a half, probably three hours. I'll bet we could do if we tried to really run run a fast version of it. Yeah. Um. But uh, but too too long for what it is. I can't even imagine it with four players. Uh, but I did enjoy it a lot with two. Uh, I really really did. I would play it again, and I would recommend it at two. Um. I. I overall, um, I think this game is for, uh, it is, it is complex. It is a, a, um, it is a meaty, meaty game with a lot going on. Some might consider it kind of fiddly. Uh, I really didn't think so, but, uh, there was a lot to keep track of. And if you are not a pretty experienced gamer, um, especially maybe a pretty experienced Euro gamer, uh, you are probably not, this game is probably not for you. Uh, if you like dense games, if you like dense, big, long, complicated games, um, this this is your jam, like your jimmy jam. Yeah, it, it's very involved. It, it's very involved and a lot of moving parts, a lot of things to keep track of. Uh, it's also a massive table hog. Uh, so if you're going to be playing this, uh, even with just two players, make sure you have a, a pretty big table because the board is enormous and there's separate player boards, tons of uh, resources uh, and like uh, so and tons of separate resources. So you got to have a lot of separate piles. And I think a lot of that could be like uh, mitigated with uh, like bowls and and, you know, special um, like think uh, containers and whatnot, uh, but I just I still think it's a massive uh, table hog and uh, and all that just super long and everything. But I thought the gameplay, the core gameplay, all that stuff was really really fun and well thought out. But I just I think they should have tested it out a little bit more with the game length. That's just that's mostly it. Honestly, and I don't even necessarily fault them for the game length because it's uh. They, they know how long it, it is, uh, but they also know that four-hour, five-hour games don't sell. So you'd slap on two hours, and you back that up by saying, oh, well, me and another guy who designed the game and know it inside out managed to speed run this in two hours once. So it's a two-hour game. Um, that's fine. I get it. It's the kiss of death if they put four, four hours on there. Um, but overall, yeah, uh, I give it I give it a big thumbs up. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm hoping uh, definitely to play it again, but uh, to play it again on a day when I, again, have the whole day to play it because um, it is it is a, a long game. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, like, I, I, I definitely would give it a positive rating. It, like, I wouldn't say it's like less than five, six stars out of ten. I would say it's probably between like, like seven or eight. And uh, for, or, I mean, for gameplay alone, it was probably a nine or a ten. I thought gameplay was phenomenal. Uh, probably a nine because, like I said, my only complaint was uh, that like during like pretty close to the end game you find yourself not being able to do all that much especially with the randomness of the dice but um beside or but overall i'd say it's probably about a seven or eight i think it's uh it's really well made for what it is yeah all things considered i think i'd give it a seven out of ten so uh definitely favorable um, okay, well, we uh, we definitely were coming in right at that half an hour mark, so we, we pretty much hit what we were aiming for. Um, so I appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we will, Joe and I will be back in two weeks to take on another game. All right, yeah, looking forward to it. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening, and uh, feel free to uh, let us know any of your thoughts about this game too uh, whether you agree with us or disagree yeah definitely you can get a hold of us at uh twitter instagram at roasted games one uh or roasted games co at gmail.com or you can go to our uh, podcast uh, network page at ease-drop.com look for roasted games and there is a contact form there um i guess i will talk to you guys next week with kaz Thanks for listening. Thank you, guys.